Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home at auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Penn Badgley, from Gossip Girl to you to the MCU. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Another first-time guest this week, a very talented young actor, uh, Mr. Penn Badgley, is joining us uh, talking about great many things, including his latest cultural phenomenon of a show. He's got two so far in his illustrious career. Uh, the latest, of course, is You, now entering its fourth season on Netflix. I know this one has a fervent fan base. Uh, the new season is going to be in two installments. The first five episodes has dropped on Netflix, I think, by the time... Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, it is out there for you guys to check out. And the, the last five of the season will be out, I think, in about another month. Um, this is a great chat with a very talented actor, and we cover a lot. But first, let's talk about some happy, sad, confused business and just things going on in our, our world here. So, first of all, I want to mention two upcoming events here in New York City, because I always want to see you guys out there in person, if at all possible. Friday, February 10th, I am talking to Mark Marin, legendary podcaster of WTF, the amazing stand-up comedian and actor. Um, it is going to be a 92nd Street Y event at the Museum of Modern Art at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are still available. Uh, the link is in the show notes to get your tickets. You can also watch us live virtually. Check it out. Me and Mark Marin. So psyched for this one. Then on Monday, February 13th, this one just came around and I'm so excited. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a big old Star Trek nerd. Well, on Monday night in New York City, I'm getting together with a cast of Picard, led by Patrick Stewart himself. It's going to be me, Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn, and Jonathan Frakes. We are screening the first episode of the new season of Picard. If you've been following the buzz on social media, you know this is the best season yet. This is a full-on Next Generation reunion on the show and in person. Kind of a, a, a hugely rare event, I gotta say, to see this cast assembled. Tickets are going very fast for this one, so get your tickets now. Uh, it is Monday night, 92nd Street Y, with the cast of Picard. I, I'm in nerd heaven, so excited. Um, other things to mention, I mentioned this on a recent episode, but I want to remind you folks, you can now listen and watch Happy, Sad, Confused on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe over there. That's a new feature on Spotify. Really cool that you can actually watch the episodes as well as listen. Of course, you can also watch all our episodes on youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. I want to remind you guys about the Patreon page because we have so many cool things going on over there. It's patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. You get the early access we have for annual members 
free posters. I'll sign them if you want. And if you want to be an executive producer on the show, that means free swag. That means a follow from me on social media. And that means basically unlimited tickets to all our live events. What more can you ask for? All the link to all that stuff, all the links rather to that stuff is in the show notes. So check it out. Okay, so the main event today is Penn Badgley. And as I mentioned, he has had a quite a career for a relatively young man. Uh, he, of course, came to prominence in Gossip Girl and then kind of took a break, not a break from acting, but he did some kind of independent films and focused on his music. And in recent years is back with this crazy show. I think, he, I think it's okay to call it a crazy show. It's a crazy show. He, of course, plays Joe, who is not such a, a great guy. He is a stalker, a killer, a murderer, um, but he is endlessly seductive to characters in the show and the audience. So it's a very interesting um, line to negotiate for an actor like Penn, but he's done it very well. Uh, he's a producer on the show, he's a director uh, in the new season, and it has a real passion for the show. And uh, this is a really a great chat. I'd never talked to Penn before, it's kind of surprising, um, but he is both very funny and self-deprecating, but also super serious in a way and really thoughtful, just clearly a very intelligent guy. So um, this is kind of has everything you would want in a conversation in terms of like the fun, silly stuff about Gossip Girl, about the stories about auditioning and, and, and coming to fame, uh, and then kind of the more heady stuff about dealing with fame, about negotiating um, these kind of like exchanges with fans. Uh, he had a lot to say, and I, I was really thrilled to have him on. I should also mention, <clears throat> excuse me, Penn has a podcast of his own called Pod Crushed, which you guys should definitely check out kind of deals with those awkward middle school years. He has great guests on the show, so definitely check that, that out as well. And of course, look, any conversation in 2023, you can't help but talk superheroes. And I had to bring up those rumors. Have you guys heard this? These rumors that Penn Badgley is very much in the mix for a Marvel movie. And not only that, he's been rumored very strongly to be um, maybe up for Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. And I can see it. I mean, I can see some of the others they've mentioned too. Adam Driver, of course, yes. But like, I think Penn would Penn would be an interesting pick for a superhero film in terms of where he's at in his career and what he brings to the table. I would not quarrel with seeing Penn Badgley join the MCU. So let's see. Maybe we we helped push it into the universe with this conversation. Uh, you'll hear what Penn has to say in just a few minutes. Uh, remember to review, rate, and subscribe. And I mean that. I'm not just saying that. Review on iTunes. It helps spread the good word of Happy, Sad, Confused. If you've listened to this show for a long while, take a minute now. Pause. Go over to iTunes. Give us a good review. It would mean a lot to me. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this this episode, if, whether you're a fan of Gossip Girl, of you, or just dashing young men with great voices and beards. This one's for you. Uh, here is me and Penn Badgley. Penn, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do the show. A lot to talk about. I'm a fan of yours. And uh, look, you're a guy of, with many talents. You, you, got, you got a lot of titles. You got actor, producer, writer, podcaster, uh, husband, father, but and most, yeah, and you know those the husband father are the most important. But I, I didn't want to cut you off there. But yeah. I did direct an episode this season. So I know. Oh, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get okay. to that. Right, but right. for me, the most important uh, is clearly um, relatively new TikToker. Welcome to the world of TikToking. Pat. That, that yeah, that is clearly the most significant. It, it actually, I'm, we're not we're not lying here. This is not irony. Um, 
yeah thanks for welcoming me to the to the whatever world it is the called the the dark cauldron of tiktok <laughs> <laughs> it's no it's no darker than the other platforms it's i mean true. i feel like it's actually in a way here's the funny thing i don't really scroll on tiktok it because in yeah. that sense it's it does not appeal to me it does yeah. not i don't it's not it's just not my vibe however it's fun to make them so you know that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I I know what you mean. I, I'm a little bit older than you, and I recently joined TikTok too. And I feel like it's like, how do you, how do I not feel weird about this? And I think, I yeah. think the answer is what you said. I I don't watch with all due respect. I'm sure there's some creativity out there. I don't. I I put my stuff out there like this. will be on TikTok. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. For us late thirties, forty somethings, is it's it for just, us? Yeah. It, I, well, it's clearly not. I mean, I, for me, Twitter's my Twitter's the platform that I utilize the most with the most investment. But this, at this point, that was years ago. So, talk to me about just um, the TikTok approach right now, because you hit it right out of the gate from the start. Yeah, T Swift was that was that focus grouped? Was that on instinct? How did you? How many people are in your employ creating social media? I do not have a team like that, but, uh, but, but I do have my friends and co-hosts of the podcast and, um, we were making a bunch of other content and it was an idea that came up and, um, you know, so we played around with it a bit and, uh, they're the ones holding the camera, you know, in that thing. And, um, it really was the timing, man. I mean, I was waiting for years to be honest. I thought for at least a year and a half or two years. I would start a TikTok, but it's just a matter of how, and I, I'll know it when I see it. I think, right. I think when social when social media is concerned, I'm not a generator of content. I'm more of like a responder. Fair I know enough. how to respond to something. You're remixing. So, you're so, seeing something, and you're yeah. And so that's where, because um, if you look at the any viral moments I've had, they have generally been a response to something. It's not something I'm doing kind of like right out the right off the or right out of the gate on my own. It's it's the Cardi um, B back and forth. It's right, the, exactly, exactly, right. Um, and you you got Taylor's um, approvals. That's all any yeah, of us need and want. That's in right. Life. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> short of our own, short of short of loving yourself. As long no, as this Taylor. is more important. Twenty twenty three. Sadly, yeah. it's it's T Swift and then your own self worth. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Is part of you happy that, look, it's not like ages ago, but when the whole crazy gossip girl thing happened, social media was around, but it wasn't around like this. Do you feel it, like it wasn't at all, man? I mean, gossip girl, gossip girl wouldn't have been as relevant a concept with social media fully in the in the world the way that it is now. Because if you think about it, the whole premise of gossip girl was that nobody wanted their private, the private details of their life broadcast to their friend network well it turns out that's actually all anybody wants <laughs> social, social media has revealed that that's um oh we've tapped into something in the reptilian brain here that has to do with uh well because we don't get taylor swift's affection we need it from right millions the of unknown masses yeah exactly yeah. uh we didn't get it from our parents we're not sure about god so if if we can't get it from taylor swift <laughs> then we need it from our followers right you yeah. know, but but Gossip Girl was, I think, a really interesting cultural moment between the world that didn't have like phones at all, really. Right. Because think about it. We were on razors and blackberries. Mm -hmm. Razors and blackberries. You uh -huh. say those two words to young people now, they think you're talking about razors and blackberries. 
that you eat you know they're not it's not that doesn't mean right. anything to them uh you know you say like boost mobile i don't know what that is but we lived in that pocket yeah. you know of like newfangledness of the tech but it was still very like rudimentary and this idea that you know there would be like a gossip website this was like this was this is a very this is a very like cutting edge idea yeah by the way, hats off to the Gossip Girl uh, concept originator. Um, she, the woman who wrote the books, uh, this was like 12 years before the advent of social media. This was this was long before Perez Hilton. Like the idea that kids would be blogging, a weblog in and of itself was a really, almost like a sci-fi concept. Right. So she she really I don't even know that if she thought of it that way, but it's pretty forward thinking. What what about like on a personal level? Like you're going through what any young person goes through, especially when in the the celebrity aspect. Are you relieved that you didn't have access to the world twenty four seven to like board out your innermost thoughts or be photographed everywhere? Yeah, and- I mean, yeah. So again, I think we we were on the edge. I mean, when I when I hit into fame, it was 2007 and then the years after. So it was you couldn't zone out on social media the way that that's available to you now. You couldn't um as directly engage with the uh the, the your followers in that right. way, you know. Um but but uh, I don't feel as though I, hmm. I don't really feel like I got into the fame game early enough that I'm like, that I'm, that I remember the old days and long for the, I think it's all, can I, can I swear on this thing? Fame is fucked up, man. How many more icons do we need to see fallen and depressed and and just like a, a, a shell of themselves? If not, if not, you know, I'm sorry, but like dead. Yeah. How many more do we need to see to understand that fame and wealth are not the gateway to 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 gen to the sort of self-love and power that that T Swift can bequeath unto us? <laughs> no, but seriously, like that that should be coming from our parents and stuff like that. Did it's, did you know that before you started to get that? Like, did you like did you have to go through it to understand it, or did yeah, you intellectualize so, it even like as it was starting to happen? Like, both, no, I'm both. getting this, and I don't want this. It's 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 both. It's both. I don't think anybody. I mean, look at how many brilliant artists. I'm not including myself there, but I'm just saying, look at how many brilliant artists really have pursued a career, gotten that, and you know, are still disillusioned to discover what it does, like the the, the fame um, in particular, you know, the attention, um, that focus on you. The, <clears throat> I think like I, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking about it. I was definitely thinking about not acting after having been in television for already at that point, eight years. I was 20 years old. I started when I was 12. Right. So, you know, I really, when Gossip Girl came around, I was like, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. And in fact, when the role, when I, when the role was first offered to me, I said very conclusively, just no, thank you for thinking of me. But like, no, I, I, I can't. And, and that was based on later, these kind of concerns. That was exactly yeah, what we're talking like, about. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I really, I really, 
wasn't sure that this was a path that I wanted to be on, you know? Um, and I think I've lived through a lot of answers to my fears, which is like, mm, I was onto something. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that, uh, that it's, that it's, you know, I don't really believe in this point at like right and wrong decisions when it comes to major forks in the road in life. Like you, you sure. make the decision you can, and then you have to learn through it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. I mean, it, it, it is really interesting to just think of the cultural moment that Gossip Girl was a part of, like apart from it, I got a front row seat and witness to like the late aughts, you know, which it was, a, it was a crossroads. It was a, a, a turning yeah. point in, in some way, you know? So it's interesting coming off of that. And then there's, you know, there's a bunch of years in between that and, and what's happened with you, you know, where you're doing music and you're doing some film work, et cetera. But like, I'm curious, like was part of you when, when projects would come around, like both excited, but also, you knew what it could turn into all these, again, all these kind of like fears and knowledge yeah, of that yeah. with success comes all the other shit that like you're yeah. trying desperately to avoid. So I don't know, that puts you in a weird spot because you want to achieve, you want to be artistically mm. engaged and et cetera, but you know what comes along with it. And you, and you, you mean after Gossip Girl, right? Like post up Gossip Girl. So now so, you've so, gone through it. Now you've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. So I would say post Gossip Girl, I think, unfortunately, one of my greatest concerns was like, how how am I going to not be known for this for yeah. the next 20 years? And by the way, it's been 15. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's hard. <laughs> it's, no, but I mean, it's been it's... 15 years since I made that one decision once. And, and I was yeah. 20 and I'm 36, actually. So um, I wasn't wrong to worry about that. You no. Know? <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah, wasn't I was onto something back then. <laughs> it was a smart oh. cookie back then. Yeah. yeah. Trust um, your instincts, kids. Yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Don't do what I did. No. Um so I so after Gossip Girl, I, I I really I actually made a couple of independent films that I loved being a part of. They had phenomenal casts, really good scripts, and talented directors who were hemmed in by a really tiny budget, you know, not right. enough, not enough time. Because in 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 film, you know, money equals time, and you need time to get things right. You don't always need money, but you need time. Uh, I'm sure. If and that's, get... that, that's something like greetings from Jeff Buckley. I, I assume that's one that sticks out. Well, so that one I would say is yes. It I it was definitely frustrated by that. Absolutely, it wasn't as frustrated as two others I'm thinking of. Um, uh, uh, you know, which are still the films that stand in, on, in their own right to be what they are. But I just witnessed firsthand, like, I want to make, I want to make something that the, the more I try to make the things that I want to make, the more I see that this is not what's getting greenlit. And this is not, this is, it's certainly not going to, not going to pay my bills, you know? Right. So, but because I didn't have to worry about that yet, coming off of Gossip Girl, I, I did, I did that for a bit. And then, and then actually I, I turned to music. So that's right. so that's when I started playing music uh, professionally. Rather, that, that sounds like I just suddenly picked up the guitar or something. That's when I. That's when I. <laughs> I took I a class how to be yeah. a musical <laughs> superstar. <laughs> and then I. And then I. Um, I finally put on the on the on the front burner what I'd been wanting to do actually for the last like ten years. Um, 
the original creative passion I had in 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 life um, all along was was to play music, uh, to take it out of the realm of the the, the margins and and the the hobby corner of life. Yeah, and um, and really play and and learn what it is to play live and be a part of that. Because you know what you don't get when you're acting on on camera is the response. And you don't need the response to uh, reward you in that way that we were saying earlier is like the the, the unhealthy relationship between audience and performer. You actually get a uh, well, actually, so you can of course have both. But I, but what I wanted was at its most humble and pure that connection between connection, yes, people, which is in a room when art is being created and performed. Um, that's very special that's very special that's, that, that's an eternally human joy you know that's right. something we all have access to in different ways and and i wanted that i and i wanted to see if i could make that a career you know um and i tried and failed <laughs> you, consi you, you consider that a no, failure i'm what, kidding what? i'm kidding i no no you know what it was okay similarly yeah succeeded for a time right and realized okay so this isn't being frustrated by money well actually yes it was actually it is this is where money really complicates things that is probably ultimately what led to the the dissolution of the relationships of the band members so we couldn't really record it anymore we were poised to actually have a whole new phase you know we toured a record we were able to sell right. out clubs that were like 500 700 capacity in, in major cities like you know yeah. we were able to do the thing and that's not easy to do and gossip girl we didn't get us very far with that you know it really it 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 opens a door, but not. In, it's, it's a novelty fact, act at first, and then it's yeah, not, yeah you can't. In, in fact, I feel like once, critically, once people realized who was responsible for the music, it was harder. You know, the the most success we ever had was with a song we released without like like anonymously, um, and then they were like, oh. Gospel made this? <laughs> I'm gonna take it down in half a what? step. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna review that one. <laughs> so you know. Um, so what? Then, so it, yeah, it wasn't a failure, but that was just like the, the that that project couldn't continue. Got it. Considering uh, actually, when the show I'm on now, you came along, I was considering. Um, I was thinking about what it would take to. To 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 have a solo career in music and taking meetings and, and, you know, I, I had a few demos songs that I was, that I'd been writing. And, um, so is that all this, like just on hold for four years, like while you're doing this, or are you still like, when you get yeah. back homes, it's like yeah. still the, cause it, as you said, it's not a hobby. It's a real yeah, fucking it's, thing. guys. <laughs> like it's yeah. Like, yeah. But, but at the same time, I think, so here's where it's not been relegated, but it's, but it's, it is sidelined. I mean, it is. So it's like, I, I, there's just not the bandwidth. You know, I mean, I have a toddler now right. and my, my stepson is, is 14, just turned 14. Um, so yeah, I just, it's just, it's just not, it's, it's, and it's also not something that I, that I feel the need to turn into a professional craft in the same way. I, I really enjoy that purely personal act and, you know, jamming with some friends which actually for a TikTok I did recently. And, you know, my friend, Christoph Grizel, he's, he's, uh, uh, he, ma he makes music under the name Chris Ute. And he, um, you know, 
we I wanted to help support this track he was putting out, and so we we made it we made a TikTok together, and we played a little bit like riffed on his own song, and we actually hadn't done that at this point, partly because of the pandemic in like two years, you know, and it was it was just so nice to do again. Let's talk a, a bit about you because that, that's the occasion. That's upon why we're, we're, yeah. we're That's why we're here, <laughs> and to spread the good word. Of, I want to support podcasts, and yours is a good one. Pod crushed, but um, but yes, you, which uh, is entering its fourth season on Netflix, um, again, like it's funny, like I, I, you know, not to compare everything to Gossip Girl, but I do compare them in this way that like Gossip Girl was CW. This began. Mm-hmm with all due respect, as a Lifetime series, which on paper, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. And like, you're hitting above your weight on both. Like, these are like, these have become these kind of iconic in their own right, much in their own right um, shows. I mean, you saw clearly something in this material from the start, but you probably also saw, you know, the minefields. And there are many minefields for a character like this and a show like this. Were you confident, like from the get-go, like, oh, we can pull this off. We can do what artistically and I, the message I want to put out into the world and not mm. kind of trade in the... Um, confident enough. Yeah. Confident I mean, enough confident give it a enough, swing. Yeah. You know? Let's try it. Yeah. But I think along the way, I, I was particularly concerned because we shot it all in the dark. You know, we, sh- we shot it uh, uh, before anyone had had seen anything you know it used to be in the days of network television you shoot something and right this one straight maybe, to series you say the first series the first season or yeah it uh yes we, we didn't do a pilot so yeah. we literally just shot the whole thing um it's it went to lifetime failed spectacularly uh uh really really did not get numbers at all they picked up a second season and it and it was actually retracted. They were like, "Ooh, we can, you know, sorry, like we don't, we 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 don't, we don't have the money for this." Call this the backseas claw. Never mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, but I mean, to me, my participation in the show is a testament to Greg Belanti and Sarah Gamble as creators and showrunners. Like, they ultimately really know what they're doing. Yeah, and um. I put, I trusted them, you know, at the same time, like the me too movement, which feels really reductive to call it that, but it it was at the time really referred to as that, uh, was like the thing for the the thing for the first time, you know, the Harvey Weinstein trial, I guess, or maybe it wasn't a trial yet. It was just the, it was the, 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 that moment was happening like in the middle of our shooting schedule and great. Okay. Great that these cultural level revelations are happening, but I was like, what kind of show are we making and what kind of climate? And is this, is this, is this like, is this like a a tone deaf step? I wasn't sure. I hadn't seen anything yet of what we were doing as an actor. Sometimes you're completely in the dark. Um, And then, yeah, it just, you know, I think once they started to cut the episodes together, they they were really excited and I heard about that. So I felt, so then, you know, you're in the middle of the season, you feel like you're doing something that you're supposed to. Uh, and then actually, to be honest, people who were in the know were like Netflix. They were a partner, to be clear. They were, they were like a silent partner all along. They were going to stream the episodes, um, 
after they would premiere on Lifetime. Now that meant they could, it was like a very cheap, easy partnership for them. They right. weren't really doing that much. They were very hands-off. Um, so once it failed on Lifetime, those who really were like in the weeds on it, they were like, Netflix is very excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly how to plug this in. Because it's not a it's it's not a mystery to them. It's a science. Mr. Sarandos is very pleased with your work. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. They, it, it, it was very clear to them. They were like, "We know how to make this a hit. This will be right. an absolute hit. Right. It's not a question." Right. We because at that point in the in the world of streaming, Netflix was the only place that had uh, the, the 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 data to support a robust algorithm. You know, they were like mm -hmm. on the forefront of that. YouTube had its own thing in its world, but in terms of watching content like this, like. Netflix is yeah. in a world of its own. Um, and so they were like, this, yeah, this is like one of the second that it's off of Lifetime. We are knocking this one out of the park. Don't you worry. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Amazing. Like, that's exactly what they did. Is it just me or in this time of year, is everybody talking about making these giant changes to their lives as if we're all going to just change overnight into a different person? For me, it's not about the giant change. It's about the small stuff and the small stuff that can impact your day to day. And for me, that's where earbuds come in. That's where Raycon, our sponsor, comes into play because with Raycon, you're getting premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. They give you everything you want, at least I want, in an earbud. They have crystal clear call quality, and you need that. I need that. I don't want my phone you know, calls breaking up while I'm talking or running. They are water and sweat resistant because, guys, I sweat when I run. They give you eight hours of playtime for everyday earbuds or 11 hours for the everyday speaker. So you're going to get the maximum amount of time with your device without having to recharge it constantly. Plus they look, look great, they feel great, they sound great. They are everything you guys need and want in an earbud. Are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com HSC today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com HSC to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash HSC. Over the years, the um, reception to your character, has it been, I mean, this is what you were kind of going for. Like, I mean, you're, you, you, I mean, this, mm. right? I mean, is that, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, this yeah. is how you no, want I the mean... character to be received. Um, is it mission accomplished? Like, yeah, this is, we wanted you to be seduced in a way by this, this I, monster. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I think so. I, I think you're right. I think um, similarly with Gossip Girl, neither of these shows make as much sense if they're not giant hits, actually. <laughs> they, they don't make as much sense because they are breaking the fourth wall in some kind of way. They are, they're, they're cultural conversations, you know, right. they're not just these little pieces of art that stand on their own. I suppose they could. That doesn't seem like to me the point. Uh, so with with you with this show, there is something. I guess when you when you're a part of something that's huge, which at this point I've had more than one of those experiences. I guess you at least know. Huh, well, we're tapping into something, right? 
you know, this is working on some least, level. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the very least. And you have to take that at face value. Right. I, you know, I think what I did in the years of Gossip Girls, I judged it. And, you know, I suppose I've done that a bit with this one and my sort of my my ironic refereeing of um, of uh, fans reactions, right. you know, but that's always been tongue in cheek. And, and um, yeah, I think it's like. It's very interesting. It's very interesting to like to be a part of something like this and see it turn into what it is and to have it be this character of all characters you know it really is something it really is yeah how are you received in the world day to day this is a different (laughs) this is a different guy than dan this is Um, how do people what do people want out of joe what do they want out of you when they see you are they requesting creepy stares i don't mean looks what do they want no you know so there's a couple levels of the question we could take forever with this question um (laughs) Look, I'm at a period in life right now where the way I'm experiencing fame and people coming up to me is it's not a casual experience, you know, and it can range anywhere from almost surprisingly casual to wrong place, wrong time, wrong moment. I have life experiences that uh make this very difficult in this moment but you but but it makes no sense to tr- to try and be anything other than graceful and kind i mean right. good lord like why why this is a human being um so your question is a big question to me what what does anybody want when they're when they're recognizing somebody and and having that like oh 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 that's oh i well what do they want usually a selfie what the f- what, what is, is that? a selfie? Yeah. What, is, what I mean, I'm actually asking, like, what is a selfie? Why do we take them? What is it that we think we're getting? I I'm not even I'm not even judging it in this moment. Like, what is that? I would like to I would love for like a divine answer to just come down and give me give me so much like peace and solace and be like, this is exactly what it is, and this is exactly what they want, and this is the role you play in that exchange, but it has nothing to do with you, you know. And it's like, okay, great. You know, but but right. but that's not it's still a mystery. Keep, you can't keep that frame of mind all the time. It's it's um so so not to judge that because yeah, who cares? Like whatever, yeah, we all want things, whatever. Sure. But like, like what do you from your perspective, what's the ideal interaction? What do you want? You see somebody okay, that... Yeah, yeah. So so somebody's somebody's gonna it's you know what, if they just look me in the eye here's here's one that really was lovely and I and I and I and I I can't even it's hard for me to articulate how rare this is a woman who was like a mom why do i think that i think because she was pushing an empty stroller maybe her kid was at school or something um yeah or no she was with her kid whatever it was i just know she was a mom (laughs) (laughs) um and she was in my neighborhood and she just uh she saw me for a second she was like oh she and she looked up looked me in the eye stuck out her hand and just shook my hand i said oh it's nice to meet you and then left It, it is it is so surprising how little that happens. A genuine extension of a small connection, a little acknowledgement yeah. connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I said before, I do not experience this in a way that I ever want to construe this in a way that I'm complaining. Again, I'm a witness. We all are influenced by celebrity culture and I happen to be one of the relatively few people who's on the other side of the line with it you know so i right. so we're all witness to it i'm a witness from this side 
okay, well, that's interesting. Others need to bear witness from that side too, you know? So, so to me, what, what usually happens, people, people are excited, but in their excitement, they're not even remotely even paying attention to you or your frame of mind, your tone of voice, your, 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 the way you're presenting. It's, it's, it, it can often be so jarringly, um, objectifying of you it's 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 not recognizing you as a person so yes. even though this person thinks that they're kind of like putting you in a pedestal well what's on a pedestal but an object what's but but an idol and to yeah. be idolized or to be objectified it's is dehumanized yeah yeah dehumanizing. so and it's it's othering and so you know I, I would never like stand on my soapbox and say the plight of celebrities <laughs> is the but, 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 like that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like wow this is fascinating that you know, I am of the relatively few who get to experience this, and it feels the same as being dehumanized. Well, and ironic because your whole profession, and to go back to you're talking about like music and like the, you know, performing for folks is based on trying to establish authentic connection <laughs> and yeah, relatability. Right. No, that's that's actually a really strong. <laughs> I mean, that's actually like one of the most vital points. It's like, what are we all doing this for? And in our culture, obviously, there's so many things we're we're kind of misconstruing and getting confused and and are becoming really distorted. And, and that, and, and that I think one of them is like the purpose of art, you know, yeah. like, and the commodification of it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a huge, like the thing that drew me to this as a, as a child has for long, for, you know, 20 years now been very, very quickly became something else. You know, I mean, I was like 10 and 12 years old by the time it was already not a pure practice right. and not just about play and fun, but it was about, work and making money and um i don't mean making a lot of money i mean like turning it into an occupation and and supporting myself and just trying to get those roles which you have no real control over so you know it's just it's a it's any anyway in as any as, as much as in as much as anyone is interested it's 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 interesting to go it's interesting to succeed in something like this and then see and then see kind of like everybody does the universal thing which is like ah the thing i've been pursuing is is not going to bring me the sort of solace that allows me to to smile really you know yeah. to, to 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 have peace and contentment in my life really you know to support loving relationships really you know it's so that's i think i'm actually grateful to, to be having that experience. I really am to, to, to have in a way such an extreme experience, Yeah. but to find the universality in it and to, and to hopefully in time, I actually kind of want to story tell about this. This is, this is a value to me. This is a valuable, it's a valuable uh, story to tell, not necessarily mine, but like it helps bring to the table, like as long as we're also obsessed with celebrity and obsessed with like screens and the media saturation and everything. I think these are the sort of stories that, that should come forth from people in my position more. I want to talk to you guys about Performance Apparel and our sponsor this week, Viore. Because guys, I have become so sick and tired of the traditional old workout gear. It's not comfortable. It's not functional. It doesn't look good. That's where Viore comes into play. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. It's so comfortable. It's probably... 
I guarantee actually it's more comfortable than whatever you're wearing right now. Plus it's versatile. It works with any activity, running, training, swimming, yoga, whatever you do, Viore works for you. And Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint. I love that about this company. They are also reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They're utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. And again, guys, it's versatile. It's comfortable. It's designed to look great in your everyday life. Yes, outside the gym, this stuff looks amazing on you. So get in on it right now. This is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, Viore is offering 20% off your first purchase. That's right. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash HSC. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash HSC. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash HSC and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You think you're a celebrity now, Penn. Imagine just for a second you stepping into a superhero costume as many have fan casted. <laughs> well, no, I can't um, reveal that. Neither confirm nor deny. No, I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Um, have you ever met Kevin Feige, Penn Badgley? No. Now, you know, it's possible. It's possible <laughs> that I have, but not in this context. I might have met him years ago and I wouldn't, you know, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Um, is there any smoke to this fire of this uh, Fantastic Four rumors of Reed Richards? Is it that intriguing to you? What, what can you say? You know, where there's smoke, there's not always fire. Okay. It actually takes a lot to get from smoke to fire. I'll say that. <laughs> it takes a lot. So should should I should I feed the fire? Do we want to? And <laughs> do you want my help in feeding the fire? Or are you? That's good? not the. That's not. That's not how. The, that's not how this fire gets lit. This fire gets lit by Kevin. Fe- I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's Fe- Fe- Feige. That's the first Feige. Name. Feige. All right. I'm trying All to help right. you, man. All right. So I'm clearly not going to. No, I'm clearly oh. not in a Marvel movie now. I can't. <laughs> are, you, are, are you a comic book guy? Like, did you read Fantastic Four? Did you read you know, that no, stuff? No. Okay. The only comic books I did read were Spawn and oh. um, a bit of Spider Man. I did love Spider Man. And then a bit of Wolverine. So yeah, so Fantastic Four was never on my radar. Okay, so an open mind at least to this yeah. kind of world. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, for the time being. Yes. Okay. So uh, we haven't even mentioned, and I don't want to spoil stuff about this new season, but it's a new, new, new context, new city, uh, major twists, major turns, as anybody would expect from this show. Um, and you direct. You mentioned this yeah. earlier. Was that on the docket for a while? Have you been kind of being like nudge, nudge, hint, hint? Well, this would be cool. Yeah, not well for this show. I think I was hesitant to direct, <clears throat> partly because of my reservations. I'm like, my reservations might make me a good actor, but they might not make me a good director for this. Mm. You know, I, I believe in my capacity as a director, but again, for for is it is it right for this? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, then I just, I think I realized like, at, at this point, playing this character for so long, I'm either gonna, I I have to I have to embrace it even more and lean in or i'm probably gonna end up checking out that's right that's that's just is, human nature you know yeah 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 so i thought oh i'll lean in you know yeah 
And um, and I, I really took to it naturally, which wasn't a surprise. I mean, I've been wanting to direct for a while uh, and it's an aspiration that'll, you know, I'll, I'll be doing more in the future. But um, it is also different to be to be starring as Joe and directing. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a very specific kind of beast. Yeah. And I'm not looking for that specific experience so much. Any actor director I've ever talked to, it, the goal is always like, get me out of the frame. Let me just let me just concentrate yeah, on the job. It's a, it's yeah. The, in in some weird ways, I almost had more freedom with Joe than I'd ever had because I wasn't thinking about him. I was right. having to do a million other things. So right. I actually liked being Joe in that context, but I could not sustain that for a whole season. Oh, there's just no way. It was even hard to sustain it. You know, for 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 one episode. So I think. I think, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, it, it's possible I could do another one, but I, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to try on this show. What, what, what's your attitude about the series? Obviously, some of it's out of your control, and the audience can be fickle. You never know. But like, is it year to year for you? Is it like, yeah, I could see there's still three more years of of Joe and me. I could still see. Um, so it's not, it's, it's actually, you, we do sign a contract in the beginning and I'm not year to year. It's, I signed a six year contract right at, at, the, at the gate. So they could do two more if they wanted. Okay. I think if there's another season, I think it's only going to be one. I think I, I, this is my understanding, but if I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know, but I know that everybody concerned from the top on down. Um, nobody wants this show to become tired. Because that's when that's when Joe is a is the is the most disgusting. That's when the show stops having this the 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 intelligence that it has. You know, right. So so we're not at the end yet. But speaking of an end of your pre, of the previous big one, which was of course Gossip Girl. I'm just curious. I'm sure people have talked to you about this, but like when you discovered you were Gossip Girl, mm, was that a yeah. shock? Did did you retroactively was, yeah. were you like wait this would have been cool to know? Four years ago, I could have acted this a little bit differently. No, you know, I think it would have been, I think it would have been, first of all, we just know, practically speaking, that it doesn't make sense for anybody to be Gossip Girl. She did too many things to too many people, saw too much. Right. <laughs> um. So if they'd told me any sooner, and actually, I would have been like, well, but I can't, how am I going to, no, but I got to do this, thing. <laughs> you know, so, so I knew right before we started shooting that episode. That was, that was, that was, I didn't even know in the beginning of the season. <laughs> so were you like, cool? Or like, oh man. I was, you... I, I was definitely, I don't remember what I did or said, but I was like, I'm after all of this, I am gossip girl. You have to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like, okay. All right. And you know, now I think it's not many people can say, um, like first they were gossip girl, then they were you. You know, that's a pretty good tagline. There you tagline go. for my 20s and, and <laughs> mid-30s. I know you talked about turning down the role. I read this uh, recently. I don't know if it's true that Jennifer Lawrence was actually up for Serena. Do you remember reading Opposite Jennifer? I'd never heard that in my life. Well, I didn't read Opposite Anybody. I, oh, okay. I came in last. Because remember, I actually turned it down. And then I, I think, so they came had cast around. everybody. And Got they it. were like, for some, and again, for the life of me, I do not know why. They thought it was so important for me to play Dan. I am not, this is not any kind of humble brag at all. I do not think I contributed that much to the, to the, to the, no, this is not, Pen, this is, come this on. is, this is, what are you this doing? is, this is, this is so, so many like 
like what everybody else brought to their characters, I think was so distinct. I had no idea. Like I was resisting it. I was, I, I was, I was just, to me, I was not the person to, 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 to play that, to be on that show. And then, you know, but they just, they, they, they really felt strongly. And here's why I think I actually am onto something because Dan was not the heart of that show. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is what I actually like feel comfortable going on record saying. Okay. It's, it's not like, oh, I did nothing or oh, I'm trying to diminish my role in it. Okay. No, fine. But actually I think, um, what the fans of that show came to love really was Chuck and Blair and for good reason. Like, I think that show discovered it's not concerned about the nice guy moral center. The whole point was that it was amoral, not immoral, but amoral. It was like, it was, it was, it was a strange, sticky fantasy, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and the whole point is that everybody wanted to be Chuck and Blair and nobody in the world can ever be Chuck and Blair because they were 16 year olds and 60 year olds bodies. They had, they had the relationship of like, you know, um, french artists with billions of dollars in their in their mid 40s like drinking scotch and smoking cigars and flying around the world i mean you know nobody lives that life but that's what the show is about not right. the guy who's sitting on the sidelines judging it all you know what i mean <laughs> like that's that's actually true that's an objective i think it's both elements about, to be fair that. i think it's you can yeah. have you, you need them both you can't yeah. have only the, the frosting and the icing you gotta yeah. have the jaded right. observer you know what I'll say about about my contribution. I this is where you know it's not it's not nepotism or 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 um, but you know I did have a relationship with the creators of the show before that. I'd done a show with them before, and I think they wanted to work with somebody they knew would hold it down and be nice on set and like I it was you a know, long I, 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 yeah it does yeah. it does yeah. I mean I, that's probably it because I know it's not like I ever did anything that distinct in my performance. And again, I, you, you don't always have the opportunity to, depending on what it is. And I really think that there, there are so many people who could have done something great with that role. And, they, but I think they probably were just like, we know that guy and we know he's a good time. Let's, let's, let's cover our bases. You know, and the, vo probably, and the voice and the facial hair. Again, let's not diminish some of your attributes, man. Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Again, <laughs> this, utilize, this superficial. utilized to, to great effect yeah. in my current show. I don't. Yeah. I do. Wait, did you sure. ever, you okay. never, you never had a beard in, in Gossip Girl, did you? You never have facial, no. facial. They no. totally no. whiffed on that one. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I do want to uh, give some love to the podcast because as a po oh, long time yeah. podcaster, uh, I'm a, a fan of yours and it seems like a passion project, something you've really dug. Um, have you, have you gravitated? Have you kind of embraced it? Like, does it feel like it's in your wheelhouse and you've learned a lot or learned some I, I new think skills? So. I think so. Um, embracing, you know, learning, uh, the last, the first season, which was the last season, uh, we were doing while I was shooting. So it was a phenomenal shock to learn how much work a podcast is i wasn't that surprised but to do it while i was shooting my show was like was 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 a lot yeah um uh but apart from that it's been it's been really uh it's been nice to just to do something very different and to do something that i'm producing on my own you know of course with my co-hosts and uh and something from not my my own mind solely, but but something something that is just 
exploring things a bit more on my terms, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. And for those that don't know, this is dealing with uh, for yeah. you and for yeah, most yeah. Let me like the, the pivotal. See, yeah, is... so let's, let's hear the sell. Give me <laughs> sure, the elevator let me, pitch. Uh, let me uh, uh, sell the thing. So it is called Pod Crushed. And it re- we use middle school stories, stories of awkwardness, um, stories of rejection, heartbreak. And they range anywhere from like really fun and, and kind of light to they can be quite profound and really and um, shocking or... Uh, uh really really bittersweet and poignant and what we're doing all the while is just exploring this this period of life of adolescence coming of age like what does it mean to come of age what does it you know when you're becoming you what what's what's happening why is it so awkward and why are some of those experiences still like you know stamped in our mind and make our ears burn and our palms sweat when we think of them um we just sort of love that and a lot of the conversations they just they 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 go all over the place because it's a nice portal to to get people to think um maybe more deeply than they're used to in a in in a celebrity interview right. about you know just like where they've come from and 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 why they feel the way they feel no it's it's hugely relatable yeah i mean i think back to my, those those crazy years for me i was such a fuck up and and it was just sort of like that's like kind of where like overachieving Josh turned into fuck up Josh. And then I had to kind of mm. recalibrate. It's, it's just, it's kind of interesting. And I don't think about those times much, but they have so informed, they inform all our lives, those yeah, key years. Totally. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations, man. Thank you. I know this has been a busy press day, so I appreciate kind of like some deep thinking, some real conversation in the mi- midst of it, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope I didn't uh, take you on too many detours. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, folks uh, should check out season four, part one, breaking it up, just keeping them coming back for more, aren't you? Uh, for uh, season four <laughs> of you on Netflix, check out Pod Crushed. And uh, if you see Kevin Feige, tell him um, yeah. Penn Pen knows how to pronounce his name now, at least. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>